Welcome, everyone, to our Sunday edition of BAMS Radio. As we are going to take a look at the 42-35 to 35 Alabama win inside Bryant-Denny Stadium, the home finale senior day over the Arkansas Razorbacks. 15 straight wins over the Razorbacks now for the Alabama Crimson Tide under Nick Saban. Wasn't pretty, but they got it done. And now it's Iron Bowl week, uh, the annual clash at Auburn, this time inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. Auburn limping to the finish line, now 6-5. and five. They drop a 21-17 to 17 decision to the South Carolina Gamecocks. So Alabama will be facing Auburn without Bo Nix, uh, certainly without Anders Carlson, their place kicker. And both those were problematic for Auburn yesterday. Tank Bigsby with a big game. I think he had 22 for 164 and a touchdown. But, you know, Alabama's going to have to contain him. But, you know, the John Samuel Shanker, the tight end, is banged up. This is an Auburn team that's not playing well on defense. They, they had trouble stopping the run against South Carolina. They'll be at home. This should be a game Alabama handles. It started out, I think, a 21-point, you know, point spread. I think it's down to 18.5, 19 in some places. Uh, but, again, that, that, Alabama was a significant favorite against Arkansas. Three scores. Had to win by a touchdown. So that usually doesn't matter, though. I do think this Arkansas team that Alabama just saw is a better football team than Auburn right now. This Auburn team's kind of shell of, it, shell of itself. They just need to win this game, take care of business, and come out healthy. But we're going to talk about Alabama and the Hogs. It was they ended up being kind of a track meet uh, between K.J. Jefferson and Traylon Burks. Burks, really impressive. Uh, I, I, I love Jameson Williams and John Mechie, but Burks may be the the best wide receiver in the league, so big, so physical, really gave Alabama a hard time, eight catches, 179 yards, two touchdowns, and we're going to break all of that down with our usual cast and, of course, Thomas the Wizard Watts in the Port City Mobile. He's uh, keeping us on the air, doing a great job. I'm Drew DeArmond here in rainy Huntsville, uh, and then we've got Birmingham, William Redfish Barger, 89-93, to 93, a 1992 national champion and someone that has his finger on the pulse of the Alabama program. Well, guys, I'm going to bring you in here, William. Not exactly aesthetically pleasing for Alabama. Defensively, a lot of struggling in the secondary. But the tide survives. And I think week to week, this is just what this team's going to be. Uh, you never know kind of what you're going to get as far as a complete performance. But Alabama, you know, staying uh, alive in the college football playoff race. They clinch the Western Division. With us, went on senior day to go to ten and one. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's the, the 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 way you have to look at what you saw yesterday. Is you know, despite all the miscues and the mistakes, um, you know, they've they've won the SEC West, which is one of their goals every year. And um, you know, now they have a chance to go to Atlanta and and you know, see who who's the the biggest boy on the block and 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 uh, line it up with Georgia. And uh, you know they've they've got a week or so to or two weeks actually I guess to try and you know clean some things up and get a little bit better. I mean you know I think I saw um, you know offensively it's it's hard to imagine um, having close to 700 yards of total offense and, and only scoring 42 points. But you know there were drops, there were turnovers, there were you know mistakes that were made, um, sacks taken that didn't need to be taken. Um, but you know, I do think, and, and this is a baby step. It's certainly not something to hang your hat on. And, and, and at least in the past protection department, 
I felt like the offensive line took a small step forward. Um, I think the coaching staff on offense, you know, took a small step forward after struggling, you know, early on with the blitz packages that Arkansas was, you know, throwing at them. They made some adjustments, specifically bringing Randolph in as an extra blocker that, you know, allowed Bryce Young to have the time to, you know, find those wide receivers um, that, that found open space where, you know, guys had blitzed from. Um, you know, not not the best game for, you know, fans of a rushing game, but it's it's good to know, you know, at least against SEC competition, if somebody does sell out, um, you know, because they, they really weren't able to do what they did yesterday, just two short weeks ago when LSU did the same thing to them. So I think that's a plus, um, you know, talking about the offensive side of the football. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, he, he had some some moments that he needs to get better on, but I thought all in all, I thought Damian George did a solid job for a, you know, a young player playing right tackle in the SEC. So, um, and, and I think probably, you know, taking the ridiculous performance from, you know, out of it from Bryce Young and the and, and Jamison Williams and, and Mechie, um, it was great seeing Trey Sanders, at least in a limited capacity. It looked to me like that he's, if not full speed, pretty close to it. That was a very nice, you know, short reception that he, um, you know, caught from Bryce and turned it into an explosive play. I thought he ran the ball pretty well. So, you know, I think that might have, as long as nobody else gets hurt, I think that, you know, kind of qualms some of the fears about the running back position down as well, Drew. Yeah, and, you know, I even asked in post-game yesterday, you know, Jamison Williams and John Betchie, I joked that about with them about who taught, you know, uh, Trey Sanders how to run that route because he, he broke it back into the middle and Bryce made a perfect throw, hit him in stride. And at first, I, I thought it was Mechie until I figured out it was Trey Sanders. So he definitely showed he could catch the ball. He got one more touch for a yard running the ball. I thought he would get a few more touches in the game but he didn't, and I guess Alabama wanted to go with the experienced guy, uh, and they had a lot of respect And then for Arkansas, and they, they had a 31-17 lead, but, uh, excuse me, 31-14 to lead, pardon me, and they could never exactly put it away, so I guess that's why they kept B-Rob in there. I will say this, William, and I asked Coach Saban about uh, 74 Damian George. I did like what he did more than what I've seen out of Owens. He gave up a sack early, and then a second one, but the second one, Bryce kind of held on to the ball a long time. I thought as the game went on that he, he, got, he got better, more comfortable. They started getting some movement in the running game. I thought more movement than I've seen probably since Ole Miss. And, again, I, I still think he has more potential than Chris Owens. And, I, and, again, Owens was brought in, as you talked about, as an extra tight end to help with the running game a little bit. And that's fine, but – I think going forward, just from the, the feedback and the body language of Nick Saban, it sounds like 74 is going to be the right tackle going forward. Uh, and, you know, and, and of course, the, the, the concern is going to be, in my opinion, the pass protection. Uh, but did you see enough where you think he could be a factor, uh, you know, in, in a positive way down the stretch? This is kind of late in the season to be doing this, but after we see one SEC game against a a quality opponent in Arkansas. Overall, what what was your thoughts on Damian George? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like I said, I I think that 
for all the same reasons that you just said, um, the rest of this season and certainly into the future, and I'll, I'll put a, you know, an asterisk by the future. I, I'd be more interested, really, in seeing what he looks like in April of next year. You know, take a little bit more weight, bad weight off of him. Um, you know, give him, give him, you know, an off season to work on his technique and, and get a little bit more comfortable with his body. I mean, he's a massive kid. I mean, he, he stands out. You know, if, if you're wandering around looking at him walking back to the huddle, you have a hard time picking him out over over Evan Neal. I mean, I know Neal's bigger, but he's not noticeably bigger. Yeah. And uh, you know, he uh, I think he does have you know more upside and and has a chance to get better. I think you know what you see from Owens is you know what it's going to be for the rest of the season. And um, I appreciate what the young man's done for the program. Um, I think he's a very good representative of the university and I bet he's probably going to be very successful, you know, in what he ends up doing, you know, in, in, in the real world. Um, but yeah, I, I've seen enough out of Damian George and that, that I think he's probably the, the, the best solution going forward. Um, and then there again, you know, if, if whatever it turns out to be, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on with the college football stuff after what went on this week, you know, but, but whether, Alabama makes the college football playoff or whether they don't, you know, just having all the reps, um, you know, during bowl practice and, 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 you know, working with the first team unit all the time, I'd be interested in seeing the, the Damian George project, um, you know, and whatever the next game is beyond the SEC um, championship game. I think that it, it, you know, it intrigues me. Yeah, no doubt. I'm, I'm intrigued as well. I was excited. And even the tight ends got more involved. We saw Jaleel Billingsley make a catch. Latou made multiple catches. He did have a big mistake, though, that could have cost Alabama the game potentially. Luckily, it did not. He fumbled inside the five-yard line after making a nice run after the catch. But before that, I thought he had a really solid game. Uh, but potentially, I'm hoping the tight ends can get going again and be a factor for Bryce. And then we saw Ja'Cory Brooks. You know, I asked the – uh, you know, uh, once again, Jamison Williams and and, uh, and and John Mechie about him. They said he's really coming on, learned how to practice. And he threw a great block to spring Mechie down the sideline early in the game. And then he even caught a pass himself. We saw Christian Leary catch a touchdown pass from Bryce off an RPO-type look, you know, uh, when he came in at running back as well. So they were able to get a couple more guys in there. Uh, and so I'm, I'm going to be interested to see kind of where this offense goes because uh, we all know that uh, certainly that Bryce stirs the drink, but they, he needs uh, those other guys to step up. I thought they did on Saturday. I thought the running game was solid. It wasn't spectacular, but it was good. Uh, and, you know, Brian Robinson. Now, William is pretty amazing. I, I, you know, you, you know me. I've been getting a little irritated with the, uh, with the criticism of Brian, Bill O'Brien. Because here's the thing. This O-line is what it is. It's not a dominant group. But th this offense is still elite because if, you know, uh, if Brian Robinson, who missed the Southern Miss game sitting out with a rib injury, gets 55 yards against Auburn. Very doable. He'll have 1,000 yards. He's got 16 TDs. You got John Mechie needing 105 for a second 1,000-yard receiver. You've got 1,200 already with Jamison Williams going into Auburn. And then a 400-yard passing day, very possible for Bryce Young, and a couple of touchdowns 
you've got a 4,000-yard passer with 40 TDs. I know the offense last year is the best we've ever seen, but this offense is rounding into form is pretty dang good itself, I think. Well, I'm, I'm going to take it one step further. Um, you know, I think, especially where we were a month ago, Right. You know, with the the fact that, you know, Bryce Young is, you know, broken the 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 record. You got a chance to have a 1000-yard rusher and two 1000-yard uh, receivers. You know, this is nowhere near the team that, you know, the, the 2020 team would beat the brakes off this team. Yes. Um obviously so. I mean, you know, there there's the there, there's, you know, four rookies in the NFL that are in the top 10 rookie of the year candidates and you know, Mac, Najee, and, and Devonta and Waddle. Obviously, Mac's probably the only one with a legitimate chance of getting it, but um, and it's still probably Jamar Chase's um, award to lose. But it's, it's, I think it's phenomenal. Um, you know, yeah, there's been some bumps in the road. I think the coaching staff has been slow to adjust at times to some of this blitz stuff. But you know, you got a lot of first-time starters out there. You damn sure don't have the offensive line from last year. Um, I, you know, I just think what what they've been able to do from a production standpoint on on a week to week basis um, it has been pretty incredible. Um, you know, with the new coaching staff, you factor it all in there, um, and, and I think too, you know, you're going to start seeing um, the, the comparison being made to, well, you know. Uh, Bryce isn't the surgeon right now that Mac Jones was last year. Well, Mac Jones wasn't a year and a half removed from high school last year either. And he had been in that program for a long time. And I'm not trying to get into that debate or that argument, but I think when you factor in, you know, Bryce Young's had one spring practice, um, you know, the COVID stuff to deal with, all that other stuff, what he's been able to do this year under duress at a lot of times is just phenomenal. Yeah, and his his mobility is outstanding, and I really felt kind of bad. You played offensive line, William. You watched it. I thought the touchdown that was basically called back due to holding. I thought it was a terrible call uh, on uh, on you know the young man, Damian George. I thought he kept his hands inside. I thought it was really shaky. Uh, and then uh, another call when he gets Josh Job got him benched was trailing Burks. It looked like a push off. Uh, but again, you know, he gave up the big play, so they made the change. Kool-Aid McKinstry did a solid job. Job's always been kind of up and down uh, considering uh, that. But I, I, I thought overall, though, that the Alabama did a nice job. I think, you know, they, they missed a field goal. And, and then they did leave points out there uh, with that fumble from Kamla, too, as well. But overall, I thought it was a great offensive performance. I think they ought to have a lot of confidence with Auburn coming to town or yeah, going to Auburn, excuse me, and having to travel to to the Plains. But again, and it looks like they only had one injury in the game. It was kind of unusual. DJ Dale hurting himself, his knee in warmups. I was made aware of it right before kickoff, and that's why Tim Smith started. It's kind of a blessing in disguise. I think Smith's a better player. Dale is now, you know, Nick Saban revealed had hurt both the patella tendons and his knees during his time at Alabama. That's, those are tough injuries to come back from. He got a big-time scare on Saturday. Hopefully, he's going to be able to play, at least by the SEC championship game. But with Tim Smith in there, I, I almost think that Alabama, much like Damian George on the O-line, gets better. So 
I hope Godspeed and hope he heals up quick, William, but I didn't think that injury hurt Alabama. Um, you know, it's hard for me to say. I mean, I, I saw Smith getting pushed around a little bit. Right. Um, on, 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 you know, when Arkansas was running the ball consistently and he's not, you know, the big body that Dale is. Yeah. I, when, when, when they, you know, cut to Dale being helped into the, the locker room before kickoff, I was like, how does this happen? I mean, are we out there, you know, are we out there chop blocking during warmups? Um, but yeah. And, and, you know, having two damaged patella tendons or, or that's not easy to overcome. I mean, that's a nasty injury. Um, just because you don't ever know how that tendon's going to heal surgery or not. But, um, you know, it, it's it, the, you know, if you want to shift over to the other side of the ball, um, you know, it's, it's just a, a Jekyll and Hyde, um, you know, unit. And, uh, you know, you've got some guys out there that I think are playing as, as well as they possibly can, um, you know, Will Anderson's probably the best defensive player in the country. Um, I guarantee if he plays one or two more ball games, um, you know, like he has since he took over at Sam, you know, at worst, Dallas Turner's going to be freshman All-SEC. He'll probably sneak into some, you know, freshman All-American list. But, you know, the guy that I think, I'm just going to skip right over the inside linebackers because I don't like to beat a dead horse. I don't want to beat a dead horse. But, I mean, the guy to me that nobody ever talks about, and I don't know why it's taken me this long. I mean, I've, I've seen it in flashes, but, I mean, I think Jalen Armour Davis oh, yeah, has, just yeah, had, has just had a phenomenal season. Um, in fact, the way he was playing last night, it just kind of, you know, rang a bell with me. I'm like, wait a second. I mean, I know he got picked on and, um, you know, has had some questionable pass interference calls. Some of them were probably deserved, but, I, you know, I look at a pass interference call, you know, on a, on a corner in the same light that I do, you know, a holding call on an offensive tackle. I'd much rather see a, an offensive tackle that if he's whipped from the snap, just reach out and tackle the defender versus giving them a free shot at the quarterback. Same thing with, uh, you know, a corner. If you're beat, you know, interfere with the guy, it's just 15 yards, not a 50 yard touchdown. Uh, but I, I've, I've been, you know, it took me till last night for that bell to go off with him. Um, I've, I've been very pleased with the way he's played this year. And, um, you, you know, and I, I think that's probably the biggest problem with that defense is, you know, outside of, you know, Anderson and, and Mathis and now to a lesser extent Turner up front, you, you, you struggle to kind of bring up any other names that, you know, kind of carries the water bucket. I mean, you know, there's some good players, some solid players, but, you know, to me, it all circles back around, and I guess I will, you know, beat a dead horse. Those two inside linebackers are the ones that need to be highlighted. I mean, it's it's just been a consistent since the Miami game. Yeah, you know, I think Toa Toa has gotten somewhat better, but – you know, he's, they've, they've still made mistakes. They've still overrun plays. They've missed tackles. I understand that. Uh, but I, I do think Toto, he had two sacks, 13 tackles last this past game. I know people have gotten on him about the fake punt, but really that was Helms and really the ref. I mean, 
They ran it right off the. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't ding Hellums for that. I'm not going to ding. I'm. A, I'm not. I'm only person I'm going to ding for that is the, the special teams coach. I mean, for Christ's yeah. sakes, after yeah. they after LSU does the same play on a fake punt, you'd think they'd have somebody back there spying, or maybe two guys back there. But yeah, Hellums did get picked off by the ref, no doubt. Yeah, he sure did, and hopefully they'll understand Auburn's probably going to try to pull one because they're going to pull out all the stops. So, uh, you know, maybe eventually they'll be prepared for that uh, and do a better job. But I was going to bring in Thomas Watson. Thomas, I know uh, you were very disappointed in the defense, especially the back end. I mean, the the secondary didn't play great, but I completely agree with William, and I I did tweet this today. Jalen Armour Davis has been the most consistent guy back there. Probably second is Jordan Battle, and then the rest of it has just not been good. Job's been very inconsistent. We've seen Hellams struggle a little bit with his open field tackling. Uh, certainly, uh, and, and then really to me, one of the biggest disappointments has been the lack of playmaking from both really the star guys, Malachi Moore and Brian Branch, because uh, Mal- they've really been rotating this year, and Malachi has had chances to make plays and he doesn't seem the ball either hits him in the face, hits him in the hands. He just doesn't make the plays that really Jalen Armour Davis has been making this year, uh, certainly. But your thoughts on what we saw defensively and the uh, really just a, a overall disappointing performance on that side of the ball, considering, you know, what they gave up on third and fourth down, especially. I think they combined, I think Arkansas went 10 of 19. So uh, I was the guy crowing about Alabama having an elite defensive unit, and then that happened. So there has been a Uh. prodigious amount of hot sauce consumed with the crow I've been eating over the past 24 hours. But it's – to me, it's it's this team in a nutshell. They're going to have some wonderful performances, and they're going to have some things on a play-by-play basis that make you scratch your head. And I have a slight ding on the coaching staff here. Nick Saban is going to play the pattern match zone with his starters, no matter if the starters are not up to the task or not. And when you do that, you do play a lot of man-to-man. And if you lose your man-to-man battles, you can have situations come up like what Traylon Burks did to Josh Job. And so it's kind of like the scheme puts players on an island because that's what the scheme trusts. Because at the end of the day, you want to trust your cornerbacks to be able to win one-on-ones six, seven out of ten. Guys like Pat Sertan are top ten overall picks – because they get into the 8 and the 9 out of 10 one-on-one matchup cornerbacks. And one of those is an interception, big play type thing. Well, Josh Job has struggled at times, hence you saw Kool-Aid McKinstry come in. I agree with all everything said about Jalen Armour Davis. It's just the players on the back end struggling when there needs when, when the nature of Alabama's defense sometimes leaves them on an island. And so when it's just you trying to essentially save the proverbial world, and then you don't, a big play happens. But to me, Drew, quite honestly, I've come to accept that this football team 
is extremely talented. They're four and five stars all over the roster, et cetera, et cetera. But occasionally those four and five star athletes will make boneheaded mistakes, whether it's youth, whether it's schematic complexity, whether it's the other guy making a play. Like, for as bad as Alabama's back end played, you really got to tip your hat to Traylon Burks. I mean, that guy, you know, that, that guy was hurt. He was struggling, or he was struggling with an injury, and he still had 180 yards. And the thing about it is, if you really look at when Arkansas has performed well in offense, it's when Traylon Burks has a good game throughout this season. So, you know, several things can be true at the same time. The defense, after I had lauded it, struggled. But the other team can make plays, too. You know, this Alabama football team is not as good as last year's unit. William's absolutely correct. I think the 2020 Alabama team would beat this team by three or four touchdowns. I I think it would be just an absolute bloodletting. Uh, Now, realize when I say that, the 2020 Alabama football team is on the short list for greatest teams of all time. And if somebody wants to tweet us at BAMS Radio, I'll fight you about it. But that's how good last year was. And that colors a lot of perception about what this current team is. They aren't as good as the 2020 unit. But they're still really good. And let's look forward real quick. I know we're talking about Arkansas, but let's look forward. Auburn's going to be tough. You know, Auburn's going to throw the kitchen sink at Alabama. It, frankly, it might save Brian Harson's job if he beats Alabama this upcoming Saturday because he's in suddenly hot water down there. So, you know, Auburn's going to come to play even though they've lost some very key pieces. And should Alabama get by that, here comes Georgia. So the thing about it is when you look at this kind of game, Alabama, for all of their warts, for all of their defensive miscues, for all of their moments where offensively, you, as a fan, you scratch your head, all of their goals are in front of them. And if they execute at a high level, and if the talent that Alabama brings to the table can put it together for four quarters, well, that's a team that can play with anybody in the country. And given what Alabama lost from last year, and what is left ahead of them. I don't know how you can be that upset about anything, Drew. Yeah, no question about that. I mean, we'll uh, certainly uh, – I think this Alabama team still has not played nearly their best game. I think that's the thing that excites you a little bit uh, because uh, no question uh, that this is a, still a talented group. This offense I still think is the best in the SEC and probably one of the top two or three in college football. I mean, Ohio State uh, might be uh, the best along with Alabama. I think they both have a lot of balance, uh, certainly, because I just don't think Georgia's got enough explosiveness to be among the elite teams offensively. Uh, Certainly Ole Miss is really good, but they've had their own share of injuries, uh, and, you know, especially to their wide receiver core, no doubt about it. But certainly this Alabama team with the explosiveness of Jamison Williams he gives you a, a, a dimension that many don't have. And, of course, he has, the, he has the kickoff return ability, but he's not getting many opportunities for that right now. And then you saw Bryce at his best yesterday. He was spreading the ball around. Uh, certainly 173 yards uh, for uh, John Mechie, 190 for, uh, you know, J-Mo. He did a great job. They both were able to 
make big plays after the catch. You saw what Cam Latou did. You saw Brian Robinson running the football. They just really uh, torched an experienced Arkansas defense. And we, we talked about Arkansas having 13 super seniors. This was an older team that Alabama really, you know, shredded. And I think they got a chance to shred Auburn. And if they can do that, then, hey, it's a one-shot deal. If you play your best game, you might have an opportunity or a good opportunity to beat Georgia and get into the college football playoff. I mean, heck, with Oregon's demolition, 38-7 to loss to Utah, you know, there's even some thought out there Alabama could get in with two losses if the if the uh, Georgia game, you know, is, is a close one. So, uh, Alabama, you're right, Thomas. That's the biggest thing. They've got everything to play for in front of them. Certainly, I expect them to handle business against Auburn. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are the top two guys for the Heisman Trophy. Uh, but I'll say this, and, and uh, you know, I'll let you and William comment on it. But uh, I, I, it, it, to me, the Heisman is still Bryce's to lose. If Alabama beats Auburn like they should and then upsets Georgia, there's nobody with their, in their right mind to me that is going to take that Heisman Trophy away from Bryce Young because he would have beat what some people think is far and away the best team in the country. I 100% agree. And, and this is where context really matters. Uh, I know C.J. Stroud, Stroud is the betting favorite, but I think that's predicated upon the idea that the Ohio State offense is going to shred a top-10 Michigan team in a week, while Alabama, because of some defensive inconsistencies, will probably have a fight on their hands against the Auburn Tigers. But then you go to the championship weekend, and I believe Stroud plays Wisconsin, which is statistically a superior defense. Yes. But, but the thing about that defense is it's going to be one of those things where the Wisconsin defense might find success for two and a half quarters, but the offense isn't going to be good enough to really make the game a track meet. But Georgia... You know, Georgia's getting all of the hype, and it's deserved. The Georgia defense is excellent. So when I look at the contextualization of the last two weeks, I think it is Bryce Young's to lose. Should Young come out and have another 300, 350, two, three touchdown performance against the Auburn Tigers and a big win, and then go up against Georgia, and it's only going to take him, if you ask me, 300 passing yards to get there because – Again, Georgia is a good football team. But the thing about Georgia, and I take nothing away from those guys, the thing about Georgia is they are turning into an extraordinarily athletic, heavy-duty zone team to essentially make a team drive. Well, there hasn't been a team that has been able to stress that yet this year. There are not a lot of offenses that can do that that are near Georgia's level. Ohio State can do it. Alabama should be should be able to do it. That, that, that remains an open question. But when you're able to do that, that sort of defense struggles. And you only need to look at a group like what the Clemson Tigers and Deshaun Watson were able to do against the Alabama Crimson Tide in that wild 35-31 Clemson win to understand what I'm talking about. That isn't a new thing. It's just it takes elite athletes to beat elite defense. But generally, elite offense still beats elite defense, Drew. Yeah, it does, no doubt about it. And, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting. This It's going to be a fascinating matchup. But Alabama has to get by Auburn first and foremost. William, you played in this rivalry. You know how big it is. 
but most of the time you don't throw out the records. The better team wins. Uh, you do harken back to 2 when Alabama lost to heavily favored in Bryant-Denny when Auburn was banged up, no Carnell, uh, no Ronnie Brown. Uh, but we all remember, you know, Franchoni had one foot out the door. This is not the case with Nick Saban. Uh, this looks like a mismatch on paper. Uh, I don't think now you could say Arkansas, or excuse me, Auburn is even nearly as good as Arkansas due to the health of their football team. It seems to me that it's going to start go around whether Alabama can contain Tanks Bigsby, uh, that you don't need to let him go off for 150-plus where Auburn could control the clock. But to me, I, Alabama is a three-score favorite right now. I pick, made an early pick of 38-17, which was right around that number. What say you about the uh, outlook right now of the Iron Bowl? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I, I think, you know, and, and I think I saw a crazy number um, from the game last night against South Carolina where they barely ran tank in the second half, maybe the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, I hope I hope, I hope, they do that against Alabama as well because I think he's really the, be- the best and only chance they have. I mean, uh, Finley is, is, you know, you saw last night how part of the time the Auburn offensive tackles had in, you know, providing him protection against South Carolina – you can imagine what Dallas Turner and Will Anderson are going to do to those guys. Um, so I, I think I agree with you. It comes down to, um, you know, the the front seven being able to control Auburn's running game. They don't have the best offensive line in the world. Uh, I'm certainly not going to sit here and act like, you know, it's going to be one of those Leonard Fournette games, um, you know, back, back around 14 or 15 uh, versus LSU where they just basically stymied him. But but I do think they'll slow him down a little bit. That should be the key focus. You don't really see, you know, an elite SEC type wide receiver on that offense. They've got you know some tight ends um, that are that are serviceable and do good jobs. You know they they do tend to get uh, the running backs involved in the passing game a little bit. But you know I just think that uh, you know as, as far as where they could find some consistency, I think the only place they should be able to find it is running the football. And, you know, that's going to be a, um, a a chore, I think, um, you know, if you can make them one-dimensional. And they may make themselves one-dimensional. But, you know, one thing I want, since Thomas went ahead and, uh, you know, ate some crow about that elite defense, something that I need to eat some crow on. And, I mean, I've never seen a guy that I used to just really couldn't stand at all. I'm not taking anything away from Sam Pittman. I always thought he was a really good offensive line coach. But, I mean, he would just do – some really, really goofy stuff on social media that rubbed me the wrong way when he was at Georgia. And I just kind of laughed to myself when I, Arkansas hired him. I was like, for the love of God. Um, but this this guy's the real deal. And uh, I, I really respect the way that, you know, he, he in his press conference last night, he said, look, we didn't come here to lose by a touchdown. We came here to win, uh, but was very respectful, very complimentary. Um, I don't know if y'all noticed it or not, but I, I at least thought that Nick Saban uh, spent a couple more seconds talking to him during the handshake than he normally does. And, you know, it's no secret that Nick tried to hire him a couple of times back in the day. And because their personalities are so much different, um, you know, I think Sam Pittman's commitment to his family and 
Um, spending time away from the football complex is the number one reason why he never accepted that job. But, you know, two contrasting styles. I, I tend to navigate towards the fire and brimstone approach that Nick Saban has. But you can tell that, that Arkansas's players love that guy. They played hard as hell for him yesterday. Um, and, and, you know, tip of the hat to Sam Pittman for me. I, I really respect the job that he's doing in a very difficult place to win. Yeah, I totally agree with you. William, I was in I was there two years ago in Bryant Denny Stadium for Mac Jones first start at Alabama when Tua Tungabailoa got hurt against Tennessee and he prepared all week and he had Mac had struggled a little bit coming off the bench, but as the starter, he kind of foreshadowed what was coming because he lit up Arkansas. But I even said during that game, it was one of the worst football teams I have ever seen in the history of the SEC. And for that team two years ago from then to now and see what Sam Pittman and Kendall Bryles and Barry Odom and all of them have done, it's pretty stunning that Arkansas has got a really good shot to win eight games and probably go to somewhere like the Gator Bowl after this past this next Friday and this weekend because that's just a credit to him and his coaching staff. They still need to recruit some better talent, but you're, you're totally right. I mean, they are not a laughing stock anymore, and they're an exceptionally well-coached team. Yeah, and, and you know, you, you got to just, you know, kind of pull for the guy because he's got so many things working against him. You know, Arkansas is basically a, a little brother of Tennessee. I mean, there's no talent in state to sustain that program, and Arkansas doesn't have the, well, I don't even know what we can say about Tennessee, Tennessee's recent tradition, but, you know, they're, they're certainly not in the same conversation as a football um, program traditionally as Tennessee, but you know, he's going to have, like you said, he's going to have to recruit. He's going to have to, you know, dip down into Oklahoma and Texas and, and expand their recruiting footprint beyond that to, to get to the next level of where he wants to take that program. But, you know, when you, when you factor in the COVID season and this season, they're, they're certainly headed in the right direction. No doubt about it. Yes, they are. And uh, I was going to bring Thomas back in Thomas. I don't know if you got a chance to see any of that Auburn-South Carolina game, but as I said, I listened to the second half, and I know William was talking about seeing some of that game. Uh, I watched the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, exactly. And so Auburn's really struggling. I mean, I'm going to go back to William here in a second and kind of get his thoughts on uh, – we talked about Tank Bigsby, but really their defense as well. Uh, Derek Mason, you know, I, I talked to Jake Crane on my show this past week, and He's he is not high on Mason at all. You know, we you made a comment, Thomas, earlier in the show about Harson himself being in trouble. It sounds like Derek Mason could be because his scheme hasn't worked as well at Auburn this year. Uh, you know, they did play well uh, at times after a slow start, but the collapse is still fresh in everybody's mind against Mississippi State, and then losing for a second straight year to a mediocre South Carolina program, which has overachieved. I mean, Shane Beamer's done a good job, but they don't even really have as much talent as Auburn either, and yet Auburn not able to pull that game out. How do you kind of see the Iron Bowl right now? So I think Tank Bigsby is among the top running backs in the SEC. I think he's that good, particularly because – I'm shocked that Auburn throws – what's his name? I think it's Bradarius Ham out at right yeah. tackle. I mean, right. that 
that guy reminds me of those old stone-feeted LSU right tackles where you just watch them and you're like, mother of God, what are you doing to these people? And I, I just the, – the Auburn offensive line doesn't blow me away. And that's – and still Tank Bigsby is productive. But the problem is we have to start talking about the matchup between Auburn and Alabama. I think Tank Bigsby is truly elite. Take nothing away from him. But Alabama's defense, for as much crow as I've eaten over saying they're an elite unit, given that they gave up almost 500 yards to Arkansas, the vast majority of those yards were not on the ground. Or not in – not yeah, they the vast majority of the yards were through the air. Excuse me. So when you look at where Alabama was successful against the Razorbacks, it was on the ground. I believe they held him to about 110 total yards rushing, 2.6 average. That's winning football. And with that going on, you have to wonder, with T.J. Finley really struggling to move the ball effectively, and that, that was the thing that took, that took out of the South Carolina game, Auburn's not going to be able to move the ball consistently through the air on anybody right now. It's, a real, it's going to be a real struggle for that football team. And with that, the question to me is, is, Tank's, is Tank Bigsby good enough by himself in a one-dimensional offense to beat this Alabama defense? And the short answer to me, Drew, is absolutely not. I, I really think that Alabama is going to be able to make Auburn one-dimensional. They're going to have enough success on offense to make Auburn drive the field. And, you know, one thing that we haven't really talked about is the offense is not making a lot of mistakes. So it's not like Auburn's going to get the ball on the Alabama 20 maybe once. But I have a hard, I have a hard time believing that. So with, with Auburn being fairly one-dimensional, I just think they're going to get road graded, to be perfectly honest. And that's – that's not a circumstance that's where, where the Auburn Tigers are going to be able to have a lot of success. If Alabama's defense was balanced, air quotes, in that they gave up maybe 40, 50 more yards a game on the ground and took 100 yards less out of the air, I think Tank Bigsby could put the team on his back and beat, ev- and beat everybody for the Auburn Tigers. Unfortunately, that's not what's going to happen as Alabama comes to town. And because of that, Alabama's going to make Auburn one-dimensional, and they're not good enough up front to spring Bigsby enough, and it's just going to be a weird, slow grind-out game, and Alabama's going to beat their rival. I believe the line opened at about 21 points. Uh, I haven't looked at it. Uh, If it's gone down any, I wouldn't be surprised, given that Alabama's defense has been Let's just go with up and down and leave it at that. Uh, but I don't think that's an unfair line. I think if Alabama had covered against Arkansas, the line would be 28 or 30, given how Auburn just struggled. That's how rough the back half of the season's been for this team. And so I think Auburn's going to come out. I think they're going to play inspired football for maybe a half, maybe two and a half quarters. But – it's going to be real hard to sustain when it's three and out, four and out, five and out, because I don't think Tank Bigsby is going to have the holes to run through. 
And if he if Alabama holds him under a hundred-ish yards, I mean, this could turn into an absolute annihilation. And frankly, Drew, I think that's in the cards right now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, William. I know you watched the whole game. Uh, you watched this Auburn defense uh, and uh, what what kind of shape they're in. Uh, they've struggled rushing the passer. A lot of times they don't blitz a lot. Alabama has had a little bit of trouble against the blitz, no doubt about it. Uh, they they like to do kind of what Arkansas does at times, drop seven or eight. Uh, how do you see this Auburn defense kind of matching up with Alabama? Well, you know, I always like to watch games, and, and you know, I've seen enough of Auburn um, – you know, this year, and, and, you know, that's the one defense that I do have of, you know, Brian Harson and, and, and the state of his uh, um, bad, bad weeks that he's going to have this week from the Auburn faithful is, you know, he just got left a talentless roster. You know, I, I would love to have them. I'd take the McLean kid over either one of our inside linebackers right now. Uh, but Smoke Monday's probably the only other guy on that starting 11 that could go somewhere to one of the other, you know, those two guys are the only two that could go to a, a, an upper-level SEC team and, and start. I'll take McCreary. Um, Give me McCreary, please. But, yes, you're not wrong. I don't know who that is. That's <laughs> one of the, it's one of the Auburn DBs. And, okay, I do know who, who uh, McClain's Monday and, and McLean are. And yeah. uh, Bigsby's the only one on offense. And I actually think he's a little bit better than Thomas does. Um, do I think he's capable of beating Alabama by himself? God, I hope not. But a lot of the wins that they've gotten this year are absolutely because that guy is elite. Um, I mean, it just got sneaky speed. I've seen one SEC linebacker after another when he's bounced it to the outside that's had an angle on him and he just runs right past him. But all that being said, you know, I kind of agree with Thomas, and, and I'm going to throw another, um, you know, factor in there that I think is going to go against Auburn. I, I think if they had the talent and the opportunity to play out of their minds on Saturday, if they had an opportunity to kick Alabama out of winning the West and go into Atlanta, I would like their chances a little bit more. Um, but with that being off the table and with the last two collapses, you know, two weeks in a row, you know, I, I think you're looking at a dejected team. I mean, you know, if you go to some of the Auburn message boards, the fans are putting their iron ball tickets on the internet for sale left and right. I don't think you're going to see a very big crowd at Jordan here on Saturday. Um, you know, they, they, they've got a backup kicker and a backup quarterback playing, you know, it's, the, the stars just don't seem to be aligning that well for Auburn in this Iron Bowl matchup. And, and I do think there's some, you know, deeper-seated issues um, that, that are running through that program right now, much the same way that, you know, you had, you know, the power struggle going on prior to 2007 at, at, uh, at Alabama. So um, just, just a lot of bad juju on the Plains right now. And, um, I, I'm like Thomas. I mean, do, do I think this could be a, you know, a game where, you know, Alabama ekes out a, you know, 14, 17 point win? Eh, not really. I, I think there's a better chance of the, the rodeo like Thomas, you know, briefly managed, uh, mentions there at the end. Um, I just don't see 
the 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 front seven talent um if, if the Alabama offensive line does their jobs and give Bryce time um you know Mechie and and Williams can can you know make hay and really and truly if if you saw what South Carolina was able to do offensively I mean they've got I mean I'm talking about a you know Mike Shula Mike Dubos level bad offense um, wow i mean that well let's let's not forget they had to take a graduate assistant coach off of their coaching staff at the beginning of the season just to put a quarterback on the field that's true um and and so you know they had a good they got a good running back i'll give them credit i was i was really impressed i can't remember the south carolina running back's name but he had a lot yeah, of success White, White. he had a good game yeah yeah he had he had a lot of success at running stretch and outside zone plays and bouncing it to the outside. Auburn did a terrible job of of playing contain. Um, but that that was I took, I'll be honest with you. If you factor in where the programs are today, I really thought the collapse last night was worse than the one a week ago. Yeah, you know, and they just get yeah. They just gifted Shane Beamer probably a million dollar bonus for getting the Tam team to a bowl game. Yeah, I would agree with that because I, I, I think that you know Mississippi State's a pretty good football team and yeah, I, I saw them play Alabama yeah. and they they can throw it and they've got a pretty solid defense. South Carolina is just they're not that talented and Auburn, especially with these injuries to Bo Nix, Andres Carlson, Shanker, these guys, they just they don't have the horses and so. Alabama's just got to stay focused. Uh, you know, they, they've got everything in front of them. Uh, you know, if they can just handle business, you know, they'll be they'll finally get to game week with Georgia. And there'll be a lot of people doubting them. I, you know, I, I'm sure I'm going to pick the dogs right now. But, again, they can use that as fuel uh, because all it takes is, you know, one good afternoon uh, to win. And you got to have a lot of respect for Georgia because I'm sure they're going to be undefeated. And they coming into it into the SC championship game with an advantage somewhat. Well, and I'll ask you, William, how big an advantage that would be, but uh, they've really ha- going to have a chance to work on Alabama for three weeks because they played Charleston Southern yesterday. They're going to play Georgia Tech, who's not very good uh, this coming Saturday. So they're not really having to, uh, you know, uh, y- y- focus on a quality opponent. Is that good or bad? Because Alabama's had to play a more difficult schedule. I think we all agree with that. But how much of an advantage is it for Georgia to be able to work on Alabama for such a long time, more than likely? Well, I mean, it's an advantage, no doubt. But, you know, that's something that I think most people don't understand is, you know, Alabama worked on Auburn for a whole day two weeks ago during the off week. Okay. Um, So this they're not they're they're not going into, you know, the thing blind. But, yeah, certainly I would have to agree that. You know, going Charleston Southern and Georgia Tech is, um, you know, a little bit more um, positive than, you know, Arkansas-Auburn. But, you know, Alabama, um, you know, still has everything that they want in front of them. Um, you know, you get out of the Iron Bowl, you know, you give the kids a day off on Sunday to get, you know, to get rested up. And then, you know, it all just depends on, you know, who uh, who prepares the best. I mean, everybody keeps talking about, 
you know, George is the boogeyman and they're so physically superior to everybody on both sides of the, the line of scrimmage. And, you know, that may prove to be true in two weeks. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I, I've wanted to see, and we haven't gotten to see it since the Clemson game, but I've wanted to see a team that could just line up and keep Georgia from running the football down their throats and force either Stetson Bennett or JT Daniels, you know, they've still got, you know, some, some injury issues at the wide receiver spot um, and, and force Georgia to have to win a game through the air. I, you know, I haven't seen enough evidence um, mainly because nobody's been able to slow their running game down and they've just been able to bully people. Yeah, they have. It's going to be really a fascinating matchup because Alabama is so skilled and explosive on offense. Uh, Georgia is so powerful on defense. Uh, can Alabama slow down the Georgia running game? Uh, can Georgia pressure Bryce Young? I do think Bryce's mobility is going to play a huge part into this. I love his mobility. Uh, that's the one aspect we've talked about him bringing to the table that uh, really even Tua didn't have that kind of uh, quickness and, and ability to make people miss. And same even Jalen Hurts, because Jalen was more of a straight line, strong runner. And, of course, Mac Jones is more your, your prototypical pocket passer. It's really interesting what Bryce brings to the table. I thought the biggest play in the Arkansas game was his 40-yard strike on third and 10. Uh, to Jamison Williams, it was just a beautifully thrown ball. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I just really I, – I love what Bryce is doing. He doesn't have as good a supporting cast as Mac did, but he's certainly played well. Uh, he, he, and, of course, he had three or four more drops yesterday, but was still 31 of 40. had that one bad miss uh, to Jamison Williams that certainly made up for that. I think he's going to give Auburn a lot of problems. They just have to, you know, do a, do a good job protecting him. And if Auburn blitzes and does some different things, they're just going to have to adjust and find a way to, to make them pay for it, no doubt. Uh, but I do think this is looking like uh, an Alabama you know, win that should be comfortable. I'm not going to take it completely for granted because I'm sure Auburn's going to come out desperate. I just I wonder, uh, Thomas, you know, you know, bringing you back in, if, if Harson is in trouble yet because I know it's just one year, but – there seems to be a lot of strife at Auburn. William just mentioned that. There seems to be a lot of mistrust with Alan Green, the athletic director who hired him. Uh, and with the climate so far, we saw Chip Lindsey get fired today at Troy. Dan Mullen is now out at Florida, uh, as expected, after they lose to Missouri in just, uh, just in, in, in pathetic fashion. So, really, it's interesting. I, I, I don't anticipate Harson being dismissed after one year, but – I think he's going to be uh, feeling some heat going into year two. I think it's fair that there are questions. And the real focus in this situation is where is the program going? Because you talk about the Auburn Tigers. Gus Malzahn, for all of his warts, was very successful against Nick Saban. Auburn was generally in the conversation in November. Well, Auburn hasn't been in the conversation since they barfed all over themselves against Texas A&M. And not only has that come to pass, Auburn has lost to a very, very rough South Carolina team and then had a historic collapse 
against a good but not great Mississippi State team. Now, if you, now sidebar, if you want to have a fun conversation, Drew and William, bring up the fact that Alabama's 40-point win on the road in Starkville is one of the more impressive road victories in the SEC this year. You can have a lot of fun with that conversation. But, you know, all joking aside, it comes down to when, when a lot of coaches are fired quickly to me, it comes down to trajectory. And trajectory of, you know, Auburn, let's just use Auburn in this case. Auburn struggled. They were in a close game against Penn State and things didn't work out. And what's the narrative structure look like this year? Well, Bo Nix got hurt, so you know they'll get him next year, et cetera, et cetera, stuff like that. But you have to have some victories. You have to have some recruiting wins. You have to have some some plans. Like if you think Derek Mason isn't the answer at defense, you're going to replace him and you're going to bring in, I don't know, pick your defensive coordinator du jour to make the defense better. And my impression from the outside looking in is that those plans either haven't materialized or have been ridiculous to the people that need to approve of them. And when you have a situation like that, everything's on the table. If a power broker in any circumstance believes that you're not able to make a program better in the next year to 18 months, yeah, you're going to get fired. Is it fair? No. But so what? You took a high-stakes job, you're not able to deliver, and that's just the nature of the beast here. Do I think that Brian Harson could have success at Auburn? I think it's a possibility, but I've also joked on this program that his idea that he's going to take two- and three-star athletes and beat Kirby Smart and beat Nick Saban on a consistent basis is pretty laughable. And I don't know if he's repented from his sin and said, we need to go get the five-star guys. I don't believe Auburn's recruiting class is very good this year. So that's one of those things where where's his, where's his progress? If you can't make progress, you're not going to get a chance to figure it out. And that's really the question to me as the Iron Bowl looms, Drew. I wouldn't be surprised if Alabama wins by three, four, five touchdowns over the Auburn Tigers if Harson is fired. I also wouldn't be surprised if the coordinators and the coaching staff gets blown up so that the air quotes plan gets better. But it's not a great situation down on the plains because, you know, Bo Nix is going to go through a long rehab. TJ Finley struggled. Tank, Tank Bigsby is awesome, but even, you know, even the most elite running backs in the country are going to struggle if you don't have an offensive line. There are a lot of questions. So, if, if the progress isn't there after year one, I could see folks making a change. And that will create a real, real weird situation because coaching changes don't happen in a vacuum, and this might actually save Harson's job. Florida's open. USC's open. LSU's open. Those are three jobs that Auburn fans aren't going to want to hear this, but those three jobs are better jobs than Auburn. They just are. So... If that's the scenario, do you keep Harson because you don't want to be essentially the 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 twenty seven dresses girl 
that might be a thing. But it's going to be the wild. It's going to be wild, and this will be a question that will be debated in Auburn halls throughout the next two or three weeks, Drew. Yeah, they will. It's going to be really interesting. Uh, Thomas, I got 38-17. What, what have you got for a score for the Iron Bowl? Oh, that's a tough one. I really think that Auburn's defense is going to be in a similar situation to what Arkansas did against Alabama. But I don't think they're going to be able to stand up in the red zone well enough. Give me 49-20. I really think the Alabama offense is going to be able to do what it pleases. And in that scenario, Alabama is just going to pull away. I think it's crazy that Alabama will cover, given what we just saw. But I think Auburn, I think the Auburn team has quit. Like, I think that's wow. the short answer. I think the Auburn team has quit. I think Finley's going to not be able to negotiate the offense well enough. And Tank Bigsby will do his damage. But if he doesn't get over 200 yards and just hard carry Auburn, Alabama's just going to wear that team out. And onward to Georgia, Drew. Well, William, uh, I know you said you like Alabama in the matchup. You, you, you didn't like what you saw out of Auburn. Do you think Alabama covers a spread of three scores or it can Auburn play them off their feet uh, and at least keep the game respectable? No, but I'm going to err on the side of caution and, and factor in what I've seen every week this year from Alabama. There's going to be some turnovers. Uh, there's going to be some drops. Um, there's going to be some blown blitz pickups and it's going to be 42 to 17 Alabama. I got you. I, I totally agree with that. I It won't be perfect, that's for sure. And in a way, I hope so, because Alabama still needs to play their best game against Georgia, but they need to take care of Auburn and really the best rivalry in college football coming up. And Alabama needs to get their first win in Jordan-Hare since 2015 when Derrick Henry uh, salted away the game uh, against uh, the Auburn Tigers. Well, and we'll also have some basketball to talk about next time, next show. Uh, you know, when we uh, next Sunday, because Alabama could potentially be playing in the championship game of the ESPN Events Invitational. They're 4-0, played probably their best game of the year against a very good Oakland team out of Michigan that had already beaten, uh, you know, Oklahoma State uh, and, uh, on the road. And so it's a really good mid-major program. Uh, and now Alabama will be taking on the Iona Gales, who they played in the first round of the NCAA tournament last year in Indiana, Indianapolis. They'll take on Iona at 4 o'clock on Thanksgiving Day uh, on ESPN, and then they'll get the winner of Belmont and Drake if they can win that game. And then they could potentially in the finals be taking on a squad like the Kansas Jayhawks, which would be tremendous basketball. But Nate Oates and his team off to a really good start. Uh, you know, Charles Bediaco has been tremendous. Uh, you know, Keon Ellis has been great so far. We're getting better play out of Jaden Shackelford uh, and Javon Quinterly. So, Basketball is off to a very strong start. You know, we could have some more recruiting news coming down uh, the pipe soon for Alabama. They seem to be setting themselves up to have another top three national class. We'll talk about that. But we do want to wish all of our listeners, uh, and we've been getting a lot of feedback and positivity, a happy Thanksgiving because we won't come to you until Sunday after Thanksgiving. But we really look forward to speaking with everyone uh, very soon again and uh, hopefully rehashing an outstanding Iron Bowl to win for Alabama. And moving on to Georgia, a game everyone's been looking forward to, really, since the start of this season. But Alabama has one more hurdle to get over. 
to get to the dogs, and they're going to play them no matter what. But you want to see Alabama play the dogs, but still everything on the table, SEC championship, uh, college football playoff. And in order for that to happen, they've got to put Auburn away, and hopefully they'll do so. But again, uh, we all think Alabama can win this game comfortably, but we all are cautious uh, due to this team. It's been kind of unpredictable. But I think Alabama's in a much better place than Auburn right now. That's the consensus among us today on BAMS Radio. But again, everyone have a safe and happy Thanksgiving. We'll come to you next Sunday. Good night, everybody, and roll tide.